Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. Andrew Rumsey is known to many of our readers as the Bishop of Ramsbury in Salisbury Diocese and the author of the highly praised books Parish, an Anglican Theology of Place and English Grounds, a pastoral journal. He's also a musician and poet, and last month released an album, Even Songs, on Gardu North Records. The eight folk songs were recorded live on a single summer day in All Saints Ham, a remote 12th century church in Wiltshire. Dr Rumsey says he set out to capture something of the magic of a country church in August, complete with bees, birdsong and a whisper of wheezy organ. At the end of the interview, you can hear a track from Even Songs, It'll Come to Me. Bishop Andrew Rumsey, welcome to the Church Times podcast. Good to be with you, Ed. Nice to see you again. Good to have you back on the podcast. Um, you were obviously on the podcast um, a couple of years ago now talking about your book, English Grounds, and um, just invited you here today to talk about your um, new album. Or is it an album or an EP, would you say? Yeah, it's a kind of halfway between the two. Okay. You might call it a mini LP, I call it. Sure. And that's called um, Even Songs, um, and it's it's out now. Am I right thinking the album is a accompaniment to the book? Could you talk a bit about how, how it came about? Yeah. Yes, it's really, the, the hope was always that the kind of journaling that led to English Grounds would be accompanied musically somehow. And there were, as I was writing the pieces for the book, there were poems and songs that I was writing alongside it, particularly during lockdown, some of which were about the same places and situations. And so one or two songs on the album were are explicitly about scenes uh, in, in the book or chapters in the book. There's a song called Virginia Ash, which is about the Virginia Ash pub, which is a title in, in English, of a chapter in English Grounds, which is where uh, Walter Raleigh reputedly uh, first uh, sparked up his pipe. And, and, and it led into a kind of a reflection on Raleigh's role in the idea of England and its relationship to the world. He had local links to Sherburne and Sherburne Abbey and some of his writings and so on, particularly at the end of his life when he knew, you know, the adventure was over, um, are really poignant. And I wanted to try and capture that in a tiny little vignette in the song. So some of the pieces are, uh, some of the songs rather are to do with pieces from the book. And there are there are two or three slightly older songs that um, don't kind of readily fit into that. So it's not it's not a concept album, Ed. <laughs> but it's a but there there is it's a sort of it is an accompaniment. That's a nice way of putting it. Yes. Sure. I mean, how long have you been writing songs for? Is it is it some years now? Oh, donkey's years. I mean, thirty five years at least. Um, I'm in my mid-50s now and and pretty much as soon as I started playing guitar and playing in bands um, in my late teens, early 20s, I wanted to write my own stuff. And, and I've always, always valued original material. I value it in other people. I like I like to know, hear their voice. I like to hear their, their view. I, I'm one of those people who, who believes that each local church should really be and many are, of course, creating, cultivating their own art. I like the democratization of art. I think every 
every community is artistic and I think it's often lack of confidence or a, a feeling that this is somehow has become not professionalized so much but it's it's become rarefied out of the commonplace that that people who who write creatively are on a different plane somehow I don't I don't think we are and, and I think the local church each local community is a rich creative imaginative world and songs and poems and and uh, other art forms, visual art, just naturally grow out of, of, of the landscape, just as you get, you know, lo local artists um, showing their uh, uh, their wares. There should be, the same should be with songwriters too. There's no reason why. Uh, and you get it with local poetry circles as well. It's quite, it's, it's a bit rarer musically. For original music seems somehow dislocated in a way that other art forms aren't. So I'm I'm really keen on on that becoming being normal and I've always written songs about where I where I am. Sure. Yeah. Well you because your um your band the F the Ephras, um which I think it still exists, doesn't it, but perhaps doesn't perform as much together any at the moment. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was when you were a parish priest in in South London around the sort of Crystal Palace area. And that was could you say a bit about so I know that the name was very much to do with something specific mm. to the area. Were the songs very much rooted in your parish ministry there? Very much so. The Ephra is one of the lost rivers of the Thames, a tributary that that ri rose rises in one of my former parishes, where I was vicar of Gypsy Hill in South London, West Norwood, Crystal Palace Way, and I became fascinated in its invisible course, largely invisible course, and underneath all the housing estates and roads and urban co covering, you know, that it had been culverted in the nineteenth century. But there were clues of the Ephra's reappearance all over South London. You know, people, once I started asking, parishioners would, would show me their gardens where their flowers grew and the grass grew greener and the flowers grew better. better. And we realised, you know, that's where the Ephra flows. It would flood the bottom of their gardens or their cellars uh, in times of high rainfall. And it, it was quite evident that you, you can't keep a good river down. And And certainly as I... As I was in an urban landscape, I, I became fascinated with the idea of the fields beneath, you know, what the way in which the natural world intrudes into and shapes actually the urban streetscape just as much as it does actually, although it takes a little bit more uh, perception, uh, just as much as it does in a rural area. Because the breaking of wherever water breaks the earth is a holy, you know, a holy place, a holy moment, both in Christian spirituality and, and, and other other forms of spirituality, holy wells and springs are, are kind of mystical. And the rising of the Ephra felt like that to me, even if it was just heard by some daft vicar, you know, bending over a drain manhole cover, you know, drainage cover, listening to the gurgling <laughs> underneath the, the road, which I used to used to go and do it. I'd plot the course through my parish. Where where is this thing? <laughs> and um anyway. I could talk for hours about that, but the, the band kind of grew out of that and a particular story that um, the attendant at West Norwood Cemetery told me when we were waiting for a, a, the cortege arrive once when I was taking a funeral. He'd been in a, a great London band, Kilburn and the High Roads, in the 70s and was a songwriter himself. And um, he shared with me the story of how the two coffins were found floating in the Thames in, in the 19th century. And... Um, one of them was found to have come from West Norwood Cemetery, where where we were at that moment, 
but they brought the coffin back and found that the grave had been undisturbed. And so they they realised that the ephra was flowing underneath the cemetery and had, and had somehow subsided into the course of the ephra. So literally somebody's mortal remains have been carried along underneath South London and out into the Thames at Vauxhall. And I just thought, you know, this extraordinary local folktale, which I choose to believe is true and, and, and certainly has, you know, is reasonably well attested. I just, that was the prompting actually for the band. I thought there's got, there's A, a song about this, but B, the whole idea of this mysterious landscape. And I was reading also spiritually, a lot of contemplative writings. I was reading a book called The River Within. I think it's Christopher Bryant, that his lovely exploration of of how how we find the divine presence through a kind of deep communion with God in the ground of our being. And I'd often imagined that presence as a as a as an underground river and kind of if I was particularly hard pressed above ground, so to speak, in my ministry, I would imagine kind of navigating, pot potholing as it were, down visually in my mind, through going down to a place where I could hear the river and eventually found it flowing underground and would just kind of sit there. <laughs> in And that became a very useful form of prayer for me. And you can see what I'm trying to say, really, that the theme of of the way the landscape scape is shaping spirituality and and quite literally shaping the 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 nature of of my local ministry was very fertile in in more ways than one and, and so the band grew out of that and for years we we played in fact we we had a kind of we launched this is about 15 years ago but we launched the band with a a tour along all the pubs we could find that within close distance to the course of the <laughs> and celebrated the fact and tried to sort of map it in a journey musically with the band and there we go so we you know we uh, that band is still kind of kind of going we played we we got together again last year for a reunion after a couple of years but i've been here for five years now in wiltshire so it's right. it's harder to to get together but um we didn't we didn't break up we just yeah. you know <laughs> yeah we drifted away and they play together again but and um, you can ask about wiltshire because you're in a very different landscape now i mean how has that influenced your songwriting and how have you found the, the landscape different and the way you express it you express mm. your experience of it artistically. Yeah, it's been the great sustaining thing um, in moving um, out of, from Southwark Diocese to Salisbury Diocese. The, the landscape has been, I would say, the sustaining thing in my ministry. And it's one of the things I try to commend to clergy colleagues to find the gift of the place in your living, in your benefice. Um, the old word benefice is, actually means as you may know, the, the gift of the place, the offering of the place. And in order to survive in, in local ministry, particularly these days, when many of my colleagues have got, you know, 15, 16 places, which is that they serve, somehow, and this goes, this is true resourcing-wise and financially as well, we've got to find local subsistence for the church and personally too, so that the, the places themselves we we trust them to give what is needful uh, for ourselves in in one way or another, and that might just be you know the finding a society we can attend or friends or or what 
whatever it might mean, but finding something in the ground that we inhabit that gives what is needed for ministry. And I think that's that's a deeply biblical theological idea that the land is a place of promise. It does have what is required for what God asks of us. And we have to be rerouted, I think. And so I, this is a, this is a, a testing job, as every job in ordained ministry is. And I found uh, going to ground here uh, uh, really a very inspiring thing. I'm right near the Avebury World Heritage Site. We walk the dog there every morning, and um, it's not that this is an an older place than anywhere else all places are the same you know crystal palace is just as old as avebury or stonehenge it's just that the ancient past is more close to the surface here and there are incredible sort of under your nose bits of evidence of prehistoric life just (laughs) lying about just strewn over the surface of the place and i have never lived anywhere like that so my patch the north bit of, of salisbury diocese has Salisbury Plain right in the middle, like the yolk of a fried egg, you know, and, and everything negotiates Salisbury Plain. And it's about the size of Exmoor. It's quite a substantial bit of wilderness. And because it's owned by the MOD, it's 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 mysteriously out of bounds. You know, in the book, English Grounds, I talk about that we've got the lost village of Imber there, which was evacuated in 1943 for gunnery practice, you know, for, for rehearsals for D-Day, essentially. And yet it's got more visitors than any other church in the few days it's open than, than any other church except Salisbury Cathedral in the diocese. <laughs> because yeah. it's got this, you know, it's got this mystery. And we yeah. bend over backwards quite rightly to welcome people into church, but actually by making Imba hard, harder to get to, uh, it's it's increased this sense of how do we you know there's something about a place being quite hard to get to spiritually that is is, is quite arouses provokes curiosity so Salisbury Plain has a has a mystique about it which is it really interesting partly because you can't really get there and you know the, the goodness me the kingdom of heaven is a place you can't really get there you and you certainly can't own it it comes near but you can't in you can sort of live in the kingdom of heaven but you sort of can't and I think the there's a a deliberate on in Jesus's teaching imaginative tension where he he gives us a place that you you can't really reach or it's really difficult to get you know you can get there but as Rorus Thomas says in the poem the kingdom you it cost cost everything you got to get there you can do it straight away if you want to but but it takes no time Thomas says but you just got to purge yourself of every every that gets in the way so it's it's tantalizingly close and impossibly distant at the same time the kingdom of heaven kingdom of god and i think there's a deliberate as i say uh attraction attractive quality to that to place it make it hard to get to because part apart from anything else it requires us to use our imagination and i in Imagination is the vital muscle when it comes to, to to conceiving faith, and it's one of the reasons I think why why many people find it so hard to believe in the present days because our social imaginary is 
not attuned to thinking in that way in terms of imaginary worlds. And you have to have this investment in the invisible. In fact, there's a priority of the invisible in the kingdom teaching. And it seems bonkers, it's absolutely nuts to people that we should to get, invest everything in, in, in stuff that we can't see. Uh, and yet that one might argue is the way in which all development in in real time and place takes place you've got to to see see stuff imaginatively in order to reach it to order to galvanize provoke you into stir you into getting to a better place but i was thinking song songwriting and poetry and creative arts is i guess a, a way to to make the invisible or to, to work the imagination isn't it or to just that's why it's so important to use that muscle and yeah. Can I just ask about the so there's this um recording of the album. So have you recorded it in was it in one day in a in a particular yeah, church? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So partly because I only get one day off, like most clergy. Um and I I couldn't give m much time to this. I also really like being a Beatles fan and, and a fan of the days when you know recording artists didn't take two years to record yeah. an album. I, I love the fact that the Beatles' first album was recorded in in whatever it was, so six hours. Or you you the, the fact and you you just have when you have to do something creatively, it's really interesting what bubbles up. I've been to over the years to various songwriting and creative writing workshops, and the fact that you have to write a song to perform in front of your peers that evening is an immense kind of sharpener for right. Okay, here we go, and you find rather like getting fit that it is possible it, it focuses the attention also i couldn't afford more than a, a day yeah. so you know we, we got an engineer out from real world studios which is um peter gabriel's studio also in wiltshire and a lovely guy called bob uh, came out with his fit 500 stuffed full of vintage microphones and we we took them into ham church all saints ham which is one one of the churches in my sea and I'd wanted to record in a church, partly because, again, partly practically, it's it was simpler and cheaper than than recording in a studio, and it's what I know. And B, of course, we know that these buildings have not only great sound, you know, that reduces it somehow, but there is uh, there's folk memory soaked into the walls of these places. They're the right place for folk music. And they have a soulful quality that is to do with the, the the life of prayer in a place. It's to do with the life of a community, the narrative. It's to do with lots of dead bodies being around. Yeah. It's it's there's a whole kind of thickness uh, in terms of its uh, culture, deepness to it that that I wanted to pick up somehow and soak into. Sounds a bit pompous, but I mean you know what I mean. There's there's sure. a quality about these places, particularly a historic church. And uh, so we we had to work quickly and we recorded all the songs that we could in, in the 12 hours we had. So I got eight songs down, just recorded two two takes of each song. So it's it's kind of live, really, the album. We just did them off, myself and a great friend of mine, musical collaborator, David Perry, oh. a wonderful guitarist. And we managed to do it with, with the engineer. And we also wanted to capture something of the beauty and the magic of a country church in, in summer. And so the... If the church warden wandered in and, and you know there was a bit of a jingling of keys or buzzing of bees that was all to the good really so we got bits of ambient noise going on and um i've got this role now as uh as one of the lead bishops for church buildings and cathedrals in england so i 
I think I was also wanting to show off what churches could offer for creative expression, live music and the like. And it's, I've usually kept my musical life pretty much in the moonlight and, and not wanted to do, not really wanted to play in churches much. Usually don't haven't tended to play in churches, haven't done church functions, Christian events. Because this, for me personally, music has always been a vitalist sort of release, counterpoint, balance, whatever you want to call it, to, to the churchiness, the saturating churchiness yeah. <laughs> the rest of my life. Yeah. And, and I've, I've needed it to survive. So I've been quite reticent about churchifying my work, my musical life, if that makes sense. Mm. But um, it felt, it's felt natural this time. And I, I've, I kind of grown in this new role and, and as a bishop with hundreds of churches rather than just a couple of workplace churches, if you see what I mean. My horizons have been opened and the doors have been opened again to me in a new way. And I, I, I've, I love them in a way that I didn't love the building quite so much. I, I have found church buildings, like a lot of colleagues, quite impressive sometimes in the past because we're we're bound to them. We, we inhabit them and we all, also, goodness me, we have to ha inhabit their dysfunctionality and their the yeah. the pernicious stories that also have taken place in these buildings as well as the beautiful things so you know they're not entirely joyous places and pure and they require be... money for repairs and that uh, kind of thing well all of that too you know yeah. and the and the incredible you know, millstone for in in some respects they're not millstones but the, you know can feel like that yeah. when you when you're engaged in, in in ministry and i get i get that entirely so i had Hitherto kept them separate, but it seemed very sensible to keep to bring it together and not entirely natural to do it. And I wanted to, as I say, to try and showcase do it using churches for this kind of thing. You you mentioned it's folk music. I don't know about some of your influences. I'm a, I'm re, I'm a real fan of sort of paired back English folk like Anne Briggs and 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 Martin Carthy and and the the English folk revival scene of the of the mid to late sixties, but and, and that that all of that um, is my favorite kind of folk I'm less I used to work for the team before ordination for the team that produced the Cambridge Folk Festival and I've you know been involved in folk music for a long time but I've been I don't really like folk rock I I I I've I've liked the really kind of the, the Nick Drake style just quite quite raw unadorned uh melody led simple either just vocal or or uh, guitar and vocal folk but for most of my life I've, I've i've just loved pop music so i i tend to love really good literate lyrical pop music of the kind of a elvis costello yeah. amy mann prefab sprout those kinds of people who um uh, know the canvas of a three-minute song and don't try to go beyond it yeah. <laughs> i grew up in the 70s and <laughs> listening to pink floyd and oh. you know emerson lake and palmer seeping through my brother's bedroom doors on the landing muffled tones of dark side of the blessed moon and uh and i, I <laughs> all due respect to prog rockers everywhere yeah i just that wasn't me at all right. and my i kind of came to musical i mean my first love musically were the monkeys like many people who grew up in the 70s my first kind of idea even before the beatles 
was were the monkeys because we saw them on television yeah. regularly, and I still for me the monkeys were, were, were the were the the base point where I thought well that's what a pop song is that's how you should look that's how you should do it it should be fun it should be punchy yeah and melodic um, and then um, then kind of post post punk was when I kind of came new wave was when I came into uh, awareness musically I guess you know around 11 12 13 and so it was that was not dissimilar of course to the power pop of the mid 60s which I'd always really liked when I'd heard it and and so I've always liked shorter songs um and but songs with 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 good lyrics squeezes that kind of thing so you're also a poet um it's quite a basic question but do, do you write the lyrics first or the music and does that matter it really varies I find the best the best of the ones that I can come out with are lyric led and it again it's it, 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 it's hard to talk about this without it sounding a little bit uh, over over baked but I do tend to find that music that words have the music within them if that makes sense that that um lines just s sing and therefore being I'm principally a, a word person I'm not I'm not a great musician I'm a, and I'm certainly not a great guitarist or singer I can strum and I can hold a tune, but I'm not any more than that. And I don't read music. So, I, I, but I, I, re I really read words and I really know words. And therefore I do find that, that if I can, if I can get the lyrical idea first, the music just kind of comes from the way the words are. I do, I, I get melody ideas and I record them on my phone and it sometimes works that way, but they work best. I think if, if the lyrics come first, there's, you know, I was in a, example i was in a waiting outside greg's with my daughter the other day and we were she was telling me something about a friend of hers at university and she she just said the line gina has a therapy dog right so that was the that's what she said and i just thought that's a fantastic line. what a great opening line for a song <laughs> gina has a therapy dog so I've, I've written this little song it's not quite done yet but and it that there was almost within seconds there was a melody Gina has a therapy dog and that just kind of came from the the words uh doesn't always work like that sometimes you have to really work hard but again I don't I don't have much time I don't I don't have much time off and I remember Ray I went to a Ray Davis songwriting retreat years and years ago and had the honor of of, of kind of sitting at Ray Davis's feet for a few days and he one of the things he said then was that you if you just got a lunch hour you know all of us on the retreat weren't professional musicians we're doing other jobs if you've got a lunch hour then that's your canvas you go you go out and you take a walk in the garden or down the street you just make a list of everything you can see in that hour he said this is how i wrote autumn autumn almanac the kink song i uh, just went out in my lunch hour wrote down you know the caterpillar whatever he saw on the on the in, in under his nose and made an inventory really and then just grouped a song together of whatever that that list was and that's a scene that's a place that's a situation yeah. you know it's like the william carlos williams poem i love the red wheelbarrow where he 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 basically he describes that the things that are under his nose and he makes a poem he just lists in a few short lines so much depends 
upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens. And you know that he's just, that's all the poem is. You know he's just looked out of his window. He's seen a red wheelbarrow <laughs> glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens. But he knows that that scene is never going to be the same again. Even in five minutes time, it won't be. So it's a, it's a camera shot. It's a quick, you know. And the best pop songs, certainly within only, you know, two or three minutes do that. They just capture a moment. And so it is possible to do it um, in a short, in a small canvas, in a short amount of time. So the songs for the album, I don't have weeks. I, 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 I can't give my whole day off to, to, to this. I've got family, you know, we've got garden to dig or whatever else needs to be done. So I've, I, I tended to, I set myself a bit of a target that I would just, they would have to be done in the time available. And if, if all I had was an evening and, and, and a bit of a morning, then then they just they'd be they that would be the song that came out, and it, it took a little while. Um, but that's that's the songs essentially that are on the album, which are written in in constrained time. I would say. Perhaps just finally, how's the album been received? So you're on, I think you're on Radio Two, um, folk show. There's been a few yeah. reviews. How's how's that been yeah. in, in in the wider world beyond the church? It's, it's been noticed. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole idea really is not to to do it within the church or for I mean I love the church and I'm very happy to to do it within the church and it was recorded as I say in a church but um I didn't want it to be a church record because I've always been wary of 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 a Christian subculture don't like don't like it really want to just if art's art if art's good certainly it should be good should be perceived as good by anybody and accessible you know moreover so it's it's all it's very small circulation and it's only you know the first run is only of 100 records but it's on spotify it's on a small label called gardu nor records which has been who've been really really supportive and there's been some really encouraging feedback certainly and and it's gone out to we've got a bit of distribution to small record shops and then there are still a few out there uh and uh, actually you know growing number a lot of people as you probably know there's a bit of a, a revival in vinyl. And even, would you believe in compact discs? I've certainly more compact discs than I've... I've noticed that in shops in Camden Town and places, yeah. lots of compact discs on sale. Yeah, that would, you know, it'll probably be as hip, you know, in a couple of years' time. <laughs> but the, the Mark Radcliffe interview was was a beautiful surprise, really. I just sent him a CD and, and he, oh. he'd he heard it blindly without knowing who whether it was, you know, I was a bishop or what the line was, you know, which I was thrilled about i wouldn't yeah. uh, i didn't want it to be conditioned in that way but and he um but he then found it was recorded in the church and wanted to, to do a you know piece on it so that was fun and there have been some one or two reviews in in some music magazines and things and um yeah, yeah i mean it's ticking over it's as i say it's a it's very moderate size but it's a very i'm i'm pleased with what what's come out because it isn't perfect and couldn't be and i like as in everything whether it's local ministry or in art I like it as I began by saying to 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 feel like the place and the time and so it, it, part of the appeal of the of the great records that people who like pop music love is that they aren't flawless they're not auto-tuned then they're, they're not mm -hmm. you know purified abstracted yeah. you know in a laboratory they're they're right out of you can feel and pick up the static in the place and that's what i wanted and if if that if any of that's come across then it's been a success mm -hmm. 
There was something in my head Did I seem to lose the thread It'll come to me It'll come to me Like the redress of a rhyme In the fruitfulness of time It'll come to me It'll come to me I'm sheltered as a bird's nest In a bonfire Peace of mind Precarious at best You could hardly call it bliss Ignorance is what it is But it'll come It'll come to me There's a pencil in your fist Better make another list It'll come to me It'll come to me Sing for you an alibi From this blue surprise of sky It'll come to me It'll come to me We'll secretire the suckers From the roses So darling, all the garlands you can keep The sharpness you can bet From this splinter of regret It'll come, it'll come to me Something you can do When the Holy Ghost haunts you It'll come to me It'll come to me Muscadet the stain Diazepam the pain But it'll come to me It'll come to me Cause I am in a race with the devil And the prize is the carving of the sea So may the best man win And my love if that's not him It'll come, it'll come to me It'll come It'll come to me